So when I started doing posters, it was definitely like a reaction against that. I just wanted to do my own thing. And I really stood my ground on that. Like I didn't want to be someone else's tool for their ideas, whether they are good or bad. Um, so, you know, someone, I would, I would meet some band and they're like, oh, we really want you to do a poster. We have this idea of like, you know, a vacuum in outer space and like we're floating around. I'm like, no, I'm, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm into. That was poster artist Lil Tuffy. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from bartenders, doctors, dancers, musicians, and other San Franciscans telling stories and responding to the question, what is it about this place? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6, Part 2. In Part 1, Tuffy talked about moving to SF and getting immersed in the music scene here. In this podcast, he'll talk about how he got started doing posters for music venues and bands all over town. Here's Lil Tuffy. Bottom of the Hill was kind of the first venue to just give me carte blanche to do whatever I want. Um, And they were really cool and supportive. um, And they introduced me to a lot of bands, some I still work with now, like the Dwarves and... um, and then the park side, I was also doing stuff and working with like Alan Forbes and the firehouse guys and a few other people. Um, and then noise pop started doing stuff at Parkside as well. And everything just kind of fused together pretty quickly. Back then, pardon my ignorance, but like, were you already using computers to do art or? Yeah, I was. And it was interesting working with the firehouse because they were um, still like old fashioned manual. So they'd, they do some stuff on the computer, but they do all their color separations by hand and use this stuff called Ruby Lith to do the different color layers, which is like a red film and you use an X-Acto knife to cut away different areas. Um, and I did it on the computer kind of the exact same way. And it was interesting having them like force me to do it their style and me showing them how I do it and the amount of time I would save as opposed to them. Um, and they also did like you know, seven to 10 color posters. And I was doing two, two colors just because I couldn't afford it. And, um, and because I wasn't using the Ruby lift, I had to pay for all my films, which I could barely afford. So I was just using like an eight and a half by 11, uh, inkjet thing and using color transparencies. And, uh, that kind of defined my early aesthetics, just very limited designs, small, lots of open space. And, um, I started using colored paper rather than using printing huge fields of color because right. it's to save on ink, basically. <laughs> so it was just, a lot of negative space. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, aesthetic white space. Um, and so I think that kind of helped define what I was doing when I first started doing this, just because um, just trying to deal, just address different problems, just budget, time, whatever it was. Um, so it made my stuff look a lot different than what the rest of the stuff that was coming out of the firehouse, even the other artists that were also working there at the time, Alan Hines. Um, I think Forbes was pretty much done by the time I got there, but, uh, it was definitely a departure. And then seeing my influence on those guys was interesting too. Like when they started using limited palettes or not using every single inch of the paper to put some kind of design on, uh, it was cool to, to have that kind of creative environment and kind of work off each other. And what is the firehouse? Um, the firehouse custom rock art company, um, 
was Chuck Sperry and Ron Donovan. And they were kind of at the forefront of the 90s poster movement. And they had a studio here in San Francisco. Um, and they, I met them at the Parkside. And they kind of took me under their wing. And uh, I went and met with them a few times. And they're like, well, we're going to Europe for a couple months. Here's the keys. See you later. <laughs> so they kind of just let me loose. And uh, I worked with them for them a couple years. When they were gone that first time, did that involve taking in new work? I did a few jobs for, for them while they were gone. But mostly, you know, they went to tour Europe and do poster shows. And that was it for two months. How do you think your aesthetic has changed in the intervening 15-ish years? It's, I mean, when I first started out, uh, I spent a lot of time kind of aping other people's styles. Um, Such as? Like Art Chantry and Frank Kozik and The Firehouse. Um, all these guys that I had collected posters for and kind of informed my taste and my aesthetic. Um so I just experimented with a lot of different styles and uh, I don't know if I ever intended to set up my own kind of look and feel, but the fact that I work in so many different styles kind of helps. So sometimes I'm using really photographic heavy images. Sometimes it's just text. Sometimes it looks like a letterpress poster, um, whether it's found images or collage and appropriation. So a lot of like when I get hired now people are like oh you know just just do a toughy poster I'm like well what kind of toughy poster like do you want this really minimalist one do you want this style um and try to narrow it down so and that's the other thing people like I run into people all the time like oh yeah I have like this great poster that you did I'm like oh which one and they'll say whatever band and I'm like oh that's not my poster <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like Jason Munn's usually but it's something else that's kind of in the similar style of mine um and I don't know I never really take offense. I'm kind of honored when people mix me up with someone else. So Yeah, or maybe they think, or they have this idea of San Francisco music posters. Yeah, and you're the first I'm person not they the think only of. person you're that not. does posters here. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, luckily there's a huge vibrant community here and across the world. So, Are you friends or friendly with other poster artists? Yeah, here? so um, we have a nonprofit called the American Poster Institute, and it was founded here in San Francisco um, where they had the first flat stock, which is the first gig poster convention. And they had that at the old cell space, um, which is now gone. Um, and I lived next door to it. And that's kind of where I first met these people. There was a site called gigposters.com, which is also now defunct. Um, so now I'm on the board of the API. I help run flat stock and a lot of those poster shows all over the world. Um, our next one is in South by Southwest. It's our biggest show of the year. Um, we do shows in, uh, Austin, Barcelona, um, Chicago. We used to do Seattle. That didn't happen this year. Uh, and a bunch of other smaller satellite shows as well. So from March till November, I'm gone at least one weekend of a month doing a festival somewhere. It's a really interesting community. I mean, technically we're all in competition with each other and we're, you know, competing for the same clients sometimes it's regional and that defines it but a lot of us work for bands that are touring and do stuff internationally but it's incredibly supportive community and some of my best friends have come out of this this poster community and uh i could travel the world and i have a place to stay i have a place to work and it's never really 
there's never really any bad vibes at all, you know? Um, occasionally there's some upstart kid that'll show up and be like, Hey man, I'm here. Like, how do I do this? Give me all your contacts. And you know, maybe after six months or a year of hanging out with us, then they're part of the crowd too. Well, presently I do almost all the posters for golden voice. So the Warfield, the Regency and now slims and great American music hall. Um, I probably do a half dozen or so posters for the Fillmore, um, each year. And another planet, I do a lot of stuff for uh, the Fox and the Greek and Bill Graham. Uh, working with the venues, it's uh, I mean, it's great because San Francisco, again, has this huge, rich poster history and people seem to really understand it. And they pretty much give me carte blanche to do whatever I want, which is why I started doing this to begin with. I, When I was working on the internet and freelancing, got really tired of working with art directors or and not even really art directors, but whoever was above me in some company that had some opinion on something that usually didn't have any kind of real basis other than their personal preference or whatever. Like, I don't know, especially the internet back then. They was like, well, can my grandmother use this? And I'm like, who cares if your grandmother can use that our target audience? No, so I don't really care. And they're like, well, why is this yellow? I don't like yellow. And just dumb questions like yeah. that. And I just, so when I started doing posters, it was definitely like a reaction against that. I just wanted to do my own thing. And I really stood my ground on that. Like, I didn't want to be someone else's tool for their ideas, whether they are good or bad. Um, so, you know, someone, I would, I would meet some band and they're like, oh, we really want you to do a poster. We have this idea of like, you know, a vacuum in outer space and like we're floating around. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm into. And even like the early days of the Fillmore, the first couple of times they contacted me, they do do a lot of art direction. And it's one of the few clients I have where I submit multiple designs and we go back and forth. Um, and there was like, what was it for? Like one of the first posters they hired me for was some swing resurgence band. And I don't, they didn't like my first design. And then the art direction was like something about the trans America building swing dancing with the Bay bridge. And I'm like, well, I don't, I do work in a lot of styles, but I'm not really an illustrator. And that doesn't really seem like it's up my alley and I'm probably not the right person for that job. And I didn't really work for them again for probably five or six years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to like be trusted with, uh, with your, with your own ideas and bands will more, what mostly happens now is they'll tell me what they don't want. Things that they're sick of like hearts or, literal translations of the band name um birds like yeah yeah birds are definitely like the Fillmore is like no skulls no cars uh i can't remember whatever what else it's but, not the 90s anymore yeah there's just and i, and I kind of understand that like i think that's the other problem when you're curating a large a large body of posters or whatever it is like you see a lot of the same things all the time but you also have to keep in mind that the people that are coming to concerts don't like maybe they're coming to one or two concerts a month. And so they're not really seeing the same repetition of an image over and over again. Although, uh, one thing in the back of my mind and I'll just talk about it now. Um, do you have any posters up in Fillmore in that room with the posters? No, I don't know when the last time they've added to that. It seems to be, um, 
or maybe not necessarily in that constant. room, but anywhere up there. In the, in the front know. hallway, they'll um, hang up posters for upcoming bands and posters that have sure. happened in the past. So, uh, yeah, like two years ago, I remember walking in there and like four of my posters were hanging up because those bands were coming soon. And that was like cool to see, you know, and I had someone take my picture and put out an Instagram. Yeah. Um, Send it to my mom. Um, but also just um, not only your personal uh, reaction to your own work, but just that, like that room. Yeah. I mean, there's so much history in there and um, you know, when I take people to shows and they've never really been in there before and like we can go in there and have a drink and look at this stuff and talk about which ones they like, which ones I like. Um, my favorite Fillmore poster of all time is this Devo poster. And it's very different than almost every other Fillmore poster. It has this guy with like a mustache and these thick, glasses he kind of looks like Kurt Rambis who used to play for the Lakers in the 80s um, and he's just kind of looking up at the sky with this bewildered look on his face and it's these like fluorescent colors I just it's like a very good diva poster um, who made that uh, Arlene who's the current art director at the Fillmore it's just a great poster but looking at all like the old like the early Bill Graham posters and the, the psychedelic stuff and it was the like the last conversation I had with someone there was how that style was so prevalent. It didn't really matter what band was playing. It was still like the psychedelic text and swirly things and, you know, a, kind of a naked woman on it somewhere. And whether it was, I don't know who it was, like Deep Purple or Booker T or whatever it was, it, all genres got the same kind of look. And then you could slowly tart, start to see things change. And then when you go into the other room and you look at a lot of the '90s posters and the like, the advent of Photoshop and filters, and like there's a lot of lens flare and things like that mm-hmm. that suddenly like weird textures. That, so it'll be interesting to see how what we do now, how that ages, and because it seems like a lot of stuff that's happening now is very referential to things that have happened in the past. But who knows? We'll a see. lot of you mean like a lot of, for lack of a better term, kind of throwback or homage yeah, type work? I think there's a lot of that, but there's also just like a lot of, beyond just the poster aesthetic and the, the different styles it's gone through, um, like a lot of postmodern design, a lot of futuristic type stuff, and then like a lot of minimalism. Um, I think a lot of the early stuff was kind of more naive art and people that weren't really wouldn't even consider themselves artists at the time, but slowly became one like outside, like the masters, like Rick Griffin, people like that. But it's interesting just to look back and see how a lot of stuff changes. One other aspect of the room, sorry, going back to the Fillmore, the poster room um, that I appreciate is when you're, when you're walking along and just spotting all this San Francisco music history in there. Um, does that do anything for you? Not, you know, whether you, actually like those bands just just seeing what a rich history this city has produced and a lot of them yeah were, definitely like, i mean the, the place itself yeah I mean. um yeah i mean it's like a I, don't know, I mean i don't want to call it a church but it, it is this kind of like amazing resource and the history that's that's there is incredible um and like the last poster i did for them was jawbreaker so like talk about like you know a very huge san francisco centric band um it's the jinx removing poster yeah i have that it's waiting to get framed <laughs> cool it's beautiful i love it um so that was like you know i've wanted to do a poster for them since they 
announced their um, getting back together. But um, so it was awesome to do it for the Fillmore and for them. And uh, I don't know, hopefully be on the wall up there someday. Yeah, I pretty much will do anything except like websites. I don't really do any tech work anymore. Um, but yeah, I'd love to do posters and graphic design logos and I don't know, whatever people need that doesn't require making a website. <laughs> that was poster artist Lil Tuffy. Check back next week when we'll hear from photographer Sloan Cantor. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald, a.k.a. Joe Begale. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeller. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so please like, share, and comment on our content there. All podcasts from Seasons 1 and 2 are up on our website, storiedsf.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. We love feedback, so please send comments or suggestions to storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.